Hi, my name is Takari Lee, and I'm here at Hollywood Unlocked. I just finished up my exclusive interview. You guys check that out. There's some information you're going to want to hear. What up, everybody? This is Jason Lee, and this is Hollywood Unlocked Uncensored. Well, she's gone. And it's your boy, Giovanni. Hold on. As you can see, Melissa Ford is still gallivanting through the land of Bali with all the Indonesians. So God bless her. Look like she's having the time of her damn life. What I'd like to know is who is actually taking all these pictures of her because they actually look pretty good. Look, I'm convinced that she out there with a nigga. <laughs> no, she, she's out there with a the gay homie and his boyfriend. Oh, well, they know how to take pictures. Yeah, they're doing great. Well, you know, gay people know how to do a lot of things. <laughs> Uh, God bless her. So Melissa's off today, and we are going to carry the show all by ourselves. So there's no estrogen in the room, and don't even crack no jokes about I being gay. I was just about to say, it's <laughs> some estrogen in here. No, there isn't. Oh, uh, man. Well, I'm happy, man. We miss you, Melissa. Hurry your ass back. Or not. Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah, we miss you. All right, so I guess this is where we talk about all the exciting things we've been doing over the week. In the weekend. So what have you been doing? Uh, Not much, man. I'm still apart, apartment hunting. I, just, I hate it so much. It uh, really is the worst. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I'm still looking. So, um, you know, I'm very particular on where I lay my head. You know, it took me a long time to find my spot out there. Uh, my departed ways from my ex. So this was probably going to take the same amount of time. So when you, I've lived in the same area for probably eight to nine years in Hollywood. I just literally hop from block to block. How do you go about, so I don't, there is no process for looking for an apartment. I just drive around and go, shit, I ain't lived there. I'll try that one. No, uh, I'm all about energy. I was in Koreatown. Um, and then I moved to Hollywood, actually right around the block from here. Mm -hmm. But I'm all about uh, convenience, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I'm all about, I'm about convenience and I'm all about just how the apartment looks. Like I like modern, like I went Koreatown, I was, not in the basement. I was in the mezzanine floor, and it was a more of a. Um, I forgot about the basement yeah, days. It was more. <laughs> <laughs> we all we all start somewhere. People still hit me up in my DMs about you still in the basement, bro. Like, no, so I'm funny. not. I've never been in the basement. But no, I'm all about uh, upgrading. So now I have my, my last apartment was really modern, really up to date, very beautiful. Now I'm trying to go above that. Nice. So I'm all about energy and convenience. Would you area. do roommates? No, really, I'm a grown ass man. Yeah, but I feel like in L.A., grown people have roommates because we're all on a hustle out here. I can't do it. No. I like to walk around, but as naked, I like to have a whole bunch of girls coming in and out. I can't do it. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think for me it's privacy. I just cherish my privacy. Yeah, and I like jacking off anywhere in the house. Okay, in any but reason. you can jack off in the... You, your, 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 I was going to say your boyfriend, sorry. Your roommate <laughs> leaves, you know what I'm saying, you jack off in the living room. I mean, you can, no. you can accommodate Listen, your needs. I've been caught jacking off before, and it's not a, a liberating feeling. I ain't going to lie. When I came back from New York, I had moved to New York for six months. When I came back, um, I didn't have a, an apartment. So I said to my friend, I'm just going to stay with you for a little bit. And we ended up partying so much. I stayed there for like two years. But uh, <laughs> we, we became roommates. And I remember, uh, yeah, I used to fuck all through his house. I remember one time he came in, I was fucking in his bed. He was offended. Oh, I would be offended as well. <laughs> but, you know, I have one more bad roommate story. So uh, I, had, I had told the story on the show before where one of my friends uh, brought me a Dominican for my birthday. And uh, he didn't have no clothes and Zara wasn't open and we had to go to a pool party. So I was like, just take his clothes. So he went in his room and not only took his shorts, but took his underwear, underwear. Oh my and God. took more things that he liked and packed it in his luggage. So when my friend came now back, he's stealing. When my friend came back, he saw the underwear and was like, wait a minute, those look like mine. And I, and I go, really? And then the shorts was like, those look like mine too. So he went through his luggage and found his clothes and he just really wasn't happy. I would not be happy as well either. Like I remember the first time I had to loan one of my boys some underwear and it wasn't, it did, I didn't feel good about it. Mm. You know, would you wear somebody's underwear? No, absolutely I, not. Okay, absolutely think about it, right? I'm not wearing nobody else's underwear. No, I, even if I was in a relationship with you, I'm not using your toothbrush. I'm not wearing your underwear. I used to use my ex's toothbrush. Ugh, that's yeah, filthy. I mean, I didn't know it was hers. No, but it doesn't matter. Ugh, filthy. Okay, well, this week I went to Canada. <laughs> went out there for the fights. Um, Wait, you was, in, you was in Canada? Yeah, went to Toronto. The fuck? Went to Toronto and Vegas. But I went to Toronto uh, uh, with the money team to watch the fights. And uh, it's so crazy that uh, Badu Jack, I don't watch boxing, I don't watch sports, but we know when I'm around the team, I do watch the boxing, the fights. Badu Jack has been robbed. This is the second time. Last time I saw him was in New York at Barclays against DeGaulle, who was from London. He lost on a draw, which he clearly beat the guy's ass, knocked his teeth out and everything. Dude was like, basically had to leave an ambulance. This one, he got into a, he, he was fighting another guy named Adonis, who I guess can't leave Canada because he's been arrested for rape or he's been in prison. Not rape, he was a pimp. He was a pimp, so he's banned from leaving Canada. So we a had to bring him. boxing pimp. 
he got beat up and they call it they call it a draw again. So I'm just like, damn, how do you keep the spirit of continuing to fight when you get robbed? Politics. Well, Politics. So you're going to get another rematch and more money. Yeah, I know. That's why sometimes they do it. You yeah. know, just like with Triple OG and Canelo, that draw, they want to see another fight. Mm. Well, I was upset. I was upset for him. So I walked up to him. I said, I don't even watch sports, but you got robbed. You was uh, in. I didn't see you in Canada. You didn't post nothing that you was in Canada. Yeah, actually, I did. I did. I posted that. Was, I didn't post it on my Instagram. I posted on my story. Oh, okay. But um, I had dinner at the Six Six Picks Six Pick. What, what is Drake's, Drake's restaurant, restaurant called? What's it called? Wait, Drake got a restaurant. What's Drake restaurant called? Six Pick. Okay, well, I had dinner at Six Pick on Saturday. Sunday there was a shooting. And somebody got killed at Drake's restaurant. They got out the car, chased the boy down, and killed him. In oh Toronto, I'm like, y'all really got it. Y'all popping out here like that. How was the food, though? The food was, mm, I mean, we went to Spaghetti Factory, the whole Spaghetti Factory. Have you ever had Virginia Black, his, uh, his drink? His, no, no, I don't. I'm not a, no. <laughs> it's, it's bottled beautifully. Is it really? It's, it's not smooth. I mean, I don't look at Drake and say, you drink cognac. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe some bottled water or something, but some sparkling water. But anyway, shout out to Drake. The restaurant is beautiful. Toronto is beautiful. The people out there showed me a lot of love. They love our show. Good. Uh, people were chasing me down in the mall to tell me how much they love. I actually have to go there. I think in like a less than a month mm. uh, because we're doing we're starting Presto for Canal Street and Toronto is where. We're filming in one of the festivals out there. So. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. The people never been. The people of Toronto were so nice. The streets were so clean. We spent a lot of time shopping, and I mean, I didn't buy shit, but the malls were really nice. Uh, the people were just over, overly nice. And so I didn't know that we had that many fans. It's so crazy with the show. You forget how many people actually see the show. Yeah. Um, but I Thank did. You. I did want to say to everybody, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Go and listen to the show. Download, share to friends. Send it to all your exes, especially the one that we talk about fuck boys and stuff like that. Yeah, and you can see this beautiful face of mine. Yeah, um, turn the camera here. <laughs> mine. <laughs> all right, so listen, I was uh, I, I ran into a young entrepreneur, twenty year old Miles Davis, not not, not affiliated the, the jazz with player. the jazz musician, <laughs> but he created an app because now I'm in the process of going back and dealing with back tax stuff. Mm -hmm. He created an app where you could become financially responsible. And that's great. That's something I definitely need. <laughs> and I checked it out, and it's very, very suitable for what I'm going through. Right well, now. I was just saying, like, okay, it's a, it's a, right now it's in the beta stages. So he sent me the advanced prototype downloads. Mm -hmm. I download, I play with it, whatever. And it's mm -hmm. basically um, an app for, you know, the 18 to 24 demographics. So right out of high school and college for the young people that need to know how to budget their shit. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, when I was 18, 19, 20, would I have used an app to manage all the drug money that I was making? Uh, I don't think I would have because I'm 18, 19, 20. I'm like, I'm young. I'm going to go through it and I'm going to make more of it. And you don't think about responsibility. You don't think about it. Now I think about that shit. Well, I like the app. And if I knew then what I knew now, I would be using something to help me govern my shit. Because uh, the way I'm, I mean, sometimes, you know, I, I would just spend my credit card. This is back when I had a bookkeeper. I, I don't have one mm -hmm. now. I'm getting a new one. But he would call me and be like, why did you just spend $1,000? First of all, don't call me and ask me why I'm spending my money. But mm -hmm. he was helping me track my finances. I think that, uh, yeah, I think most young people need to get something like it. What do you like about the app? What I like is the social media component where you can actually share each other's content and you can see other people's strategies and advice because as a person who may be 18 straight out of high school versus a person mm -hmm. that's fi finishing their fourth year in college, mm -hmm. you may have different experiences. They may have already gone through what you're about to go through. So to be able to socialize with people and get advice or ways of uh, saving or, or tracking your finances, I think is great. Mm -hmm. Who had? I didn't have help at 18. The only help I had at 18 was from my mom saying, get the fuck out. And dude, that was the best thing she ever mm -hmm. did to me. But yeah. I'm mad. My grandmother was opening up stuff in my name at 18, though. And I had no idea. But that's kind of the reason why my credit got good. And she did that on purpose, you know. And a lot of people don't know what beta is. That's kind of like it's not out. It's still kind of like in the works. Like almost like a prototype. Did you see any glitches or any improvements? or? No, but one thing that I would say that I would like to see is I would love to see if there's a way to input your personal information and have your credit score as like at the top of it because people don't understand how your your finances and how maybe you may get a Macy's credit card or you may get something, you know, sign up for credit cards. Those those uh, inquiries, they affect your credit score. So being mm -hmm. able to look at your finances, look at your credit score, that's something that I would want to see. Yeah, I would like that too. Like if you get like um, 
a notification, push pop-up notification about when your credit goes up or down. Mm-hmm. The second it does it, I think that would be dope. Well, anyway, yeah, I absolutely think every young person should download it. So well, let me see if I can find out this information. It's called the Milo Financial app. So go de- test, go download it, test it out, try it, tell a friend. It's, uh, you know, it's free and it's a download. Yeah. It's a beta test right now. Yeah. So. And let's support black-owned businesses, man. Come on, let's get this guy to a billion. Yep, support our black businesses, and we're going to get to some music, but when we come back, we're going to have Jackie Christie's daughter in here spilling all the tea, so stay tuned. We have Takari Lee Christie in the building. What's up, Takari? That's a beautiful name. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's so crazy how the universe works. I keep trying to tell people that social media brings the world close together because I was just laying in my house. Um, probably eating Taco Bell. I should stop eating Taco Bell, by the way. That's probably why you was having them damn chest pains. Oh, my God. I almost I thought I was having a heart attack last night. But anyway. <laughs> and I was watching uh, basketball-wise, but happened to flip through and saw that you were on live talking about the show. Mm-hmm. So for people that may have been living under a rock and may not have heard of you, you are the daughter of Jackie Christie. I am. Not Doug Christie, though. No, he's my stepdad. Okay. So so I first became familiar with you, I don't know if it was last season or the season before, when the whole, where you just came, just you just came out of nowhere, and it was like, boom. And honestly, I've known your mom for a long time, and I didn't even know about you. That's crazy, but you know what? A lot of people say the same thing. Really? Really. Um, yeah. Whenever I've come around, you know, I've known your mom for three or four years. I've seen everybody. Where'd you come from? You well, know? And I've known Chantel. Right. I mean, I've known them for... Six, seven years, maybe. I did not know that she had other children. Are you two the only children? No, we have a brother named Douglas, and he's 16 or 17. Okay. I don't know if I know about him either. But um, but anyway, yeah, like I said, I know, you know, just disclaimer, I know your mom. I have a really good relationship with your mom, uh, except she keep it secret because I know about her kids. But, <laughs> um, you know, I have a good relationship with your mom, so I just put that out there. So tell me, okay, so you were born... You're 28 years old, right? And you, just so for the people that don't know you, I want them to get a chance to know you. So you were raised by your mom. I was raised by my grandmother, my mom's mom. I saw that. I mean, I read some of that in your book. But were you ever raised by your mom? When I was nine, she had me and my grandmother move into the same home with them. Okay. And grandma just kind of took over the role of mom for everybody, me and my sister. Okay. And so, how old is Chantel? She's four years younger than me. So 24. okay, so 24. And so. So when your when your mom moved in, I mean when your grandmother moved in, did she move in because your mom needed help or is it because she just I I guess I mean that's what I think the plan was. I was too young to have a definite like, yeah, that was but before we had a different plan in place. You know, mm-hmm. uh my grandma kept me. She would take me to visit in Canada or whatnot, wherever my stepdad was playing mm-hmm. and we'd go visit for a couple of weeks and then we'd go back home. Um then one summer off season, they were in Washington. They're always in Washington in the off season. Mm-hmm. When he played, they were there, and my grandma started packing our stuff, and she's like, "We're moving," and I'm like, "Where? We're moving in with your mom." Mm. And I was like, "What?" <laughs> Wait, but at that time, you were living with your grandmother. Mm-hmm. I've always been with grandma. So that's what I was trying to get at. So you were you ever raised by your mom? No, no. Mm. So from so you were born, and then you went to live. So from in- infant. From a baby, you went to live with your grandmother. Same thing with me. Yeah, but why? But why? Do you not? Do have you ever been told why? You know what? No, and that whole life that was before everything else changed, they kind of like made it disappear. You know, mm-hmm. I wasn't able to talk about my own father. I didn't. I wasn't allowed to get that information. Mm-hmm. So you, you know? don't. You don't. Do you know? You know your father. Oh yeah, I know. Okay, got you. Definitely. So why weren't you? Why didn't you live with your dad? My dad was in prison. Okay, and um. If you, the way that things happened between my mom's family and my dad's family when they split up or whatever, it wasn't good. Okay. So my mom pretty much took me over here. My grandma had me, you know. They kind of, I visited dad's family, but not a lot. But did your your mother ever explain to you why she took you from your dad's family but didn't take you with her? I haven't got any explanation from anything from my mom. It's just a bunch of denial in a sense of you're just feeling some type of Mm-hmm. So the way the book opens, you have a book called Lights to Her Shadow, which you authored. You open up just being very clear that the purpose of, and I'll let you tell in your own words, but the purpose of writing the book was to clarify any misperceptions of your um, participation in what people are saying about your story, right? Right. And also that you feel like um, your mother has tried to capitalize or benefit from your story and all that in her show. Most definitely. I feel that more this season. You know, uh, last season... 
I kind of expected it to go that way. Before the season was shot, me and my son were in the media everywhere. You know, they had the donation money come up. They had to cover it. I figured they were going to cover it. So for those listening and not understanding, this is what I recall. This is where I found out you existed. Right. Your your son, one of your sons, you have three boys. Right. One of your sons had been burned. Right. And then um, you you basically, she she didn't reach out to you or try to help you or anything. So what you alleged. No, my so, son so was what happened? To tell the story for those of people who are just trying to catch up. Yeah, definitely. So my son was eight months old. Um, he was in daycare. I was gone to work. And I received a call that I needed to get to the emergency room. He basically pulled hot water down from a bottle warmer onto himself. And um, all of his right shoulder, face, ear, everything was badly burned, second and third degree burned. Um, He was in the hospital for about uh, maybe three or four days. Mm -hmm. Um, We went home. My cousin contacted me, asked me did I want her to start the GoFundMe. I agreed. You know, just, yeah, go ahead. Um, She started the page. I went home. It was on the local news in Washington State. And you were living in Washington at the time? Yeah. Okay. That's why I've, I've always resided up in Washington. Okay. Um, the news covered it. People that knew us, I had like 1,500 followers on, on Instagram. I'm like, it was mm-hmm. nothing. But they reached, I'm sorry, they reached out and they um, donated and whatnot. We made, I want to say $1,800 before this hit the media. Mm-hmm. And it was a month later that the media found out. Because they found out it was her grandkid yes now how that happened is i guess i, I haven't watched because i don't watch basketball wives until it pertained to me mm-hmm. um i guess there was an episode my mom had a wedding somewhere doug surprised her in europe somewhere with a wedding and i guess she said i'm so happy to have all my family here da, 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 and a blog site mm-hmm. a different blog went and looked at my page like why isn't takari there and when she went she seen that i had posted about my son's accident and stuff and then she's like wait your son got hurt. That's Jackie's grandson. Wait, mm-hmm. what's going on? Start putting two and two together. Mm-hmm. Before I knew it, literally, I'm sitting on my house on a Sunday, and it just, like, wild. So, so, so with the accident after your, with your baby, like, it sounds like everything worked out perfectly fine, but I know in a similar situation with my daughter, when she fell off the bed at six months and she broke her wrist, like, they were on my head, even at CPS. Like, did you have any problem with... Anything like that, child protective services, or anybody question your motherhood? No, because uh, the daycare he went to, they were like family. Mm-hmm. I knew these people very well. They took care of my other children before. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't want to call myself a champion mother, but my mm-hmm. kids are my life, you know, mm-hmm. and everybody that knows me knows this. Mm-hmm. So uh, they would ask me, like, why are all the kids her kid? You mm-hmm. know, like that's how they kind of felt. But no, they never, no one ever questioned gotcha. anything. And I was not there. So there's people that say stuff on the internet, but. What was your relationship like with your mom at the time? Were you all at even, were you talking at all? And that's what I try to get everybody to understand. Mm -hmm. That year, my mom and I had spoken probably February. The last conversation, I don't remember it. I just know it was around that time. And then months Mm -hmm. passed, birthdays, anniversaries. You know, I'm sending happy birthday, Doug. Happy birthday, mom. Happy anniversary. And I wasn't getting responses over like four months. So why why did she choose to? And I'm asking these questions because I don't know the answer. So right. people would say, "Oh, stop leading her to the edge." No, I really don't understand. Right. You know, I didn't, I had a really checkered past with my mom. My mom is deceased now, and we I went through the whole loved her, hated her, forgave her. Now she's gone, and it's just life is what it is. Right. But um, what what was it that stopped you guys from talking? I don't know. And normal when my mom would call me because I thought I had seen something where you had said or somebody had said it was because you were dark skinned that was put out there yeah. by my mom herself. Okay. And that was uh, in 2011, in my book, some events happened. And I, I started becoming vocal on the internet at that what, point. What events happened? Um, I was staying in a rental property of mm-hmm. my mom. Mm-hmm. And just one day, I'd been there for like a year. And one day I'm cooking dinner and there's a knock at the door and it's all my aunts and their husbands and they have trash bags and they're like, hey, we're here to help you. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Um, your mom said, come help you pack your stuff and mm-hmm. move out the house. The bank is taking the house in the morning. Damn. Really? Yeah, so I'm like, what? So I'm, I obviously Did you have I, kids at the time? I had a two-month-old baby. My second son was two months old. Wow. Wow. And so you were you were being evicted by your mom and didn't know? I didn't know. So I instantly get on the phone and, oh, call the bank. The, the bank is coming to take the house at 8 o'clock in the morning. You have to leave tonight. You didn't have a day. I didn't, nothing, and not even And you had no hour. plan of where to go? Nothing. Jesus. And you didn't have support from your parents? No, nobody. My family was on her side because she's paying them. So what ended up happening? 
they ended up going into every room in the house, sweeping our stuff in this trash bag, throwing it in the back of this U-Haul. I went to a hotel that night, oh, and I was gosh. there for about two weeks. With how many kids at the time? Two. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so did she call you? Did you talk to her after that to say, what the fuck? What happened? Why didn't you tell me? I was on the phone with her the whole time, you know, begging her. Just, okay, if you want me to leave, I'll leave tonight. But can I pack my stuff, like mm-hmm. some dignity in this? Or, you know, and she's just like trying to soothe me through the process. And I just was like, whatever. I talked to her the whole time. I've never shut her out. Like, I've never like, you did this to me. I'm done with you. Like, See, where did, so where did the you were treated differently or she didn't like you because you were dark come from? That came from... Um, her treating me differently is my saying. Her saying that I have an issue with the family because I'm dark skin. It's her way of getting shutting everything that happened in 2011 in the media when I stopped talking. Of course, she's doing interviews. They're like, so your daughter was saying what happened? And her answer was, Takari's always felt this way because wow. she's darker and she's heavier. Wow. Mm-hmm. So even with that being said, um, I, I was reading that another reason, one of the alleged reason that you guys have a hard time talking is because of your speech impediment. Mm-hmm. Well, did that come from birth or did you develop that? Because it says that you're 70% deaf in one ear, 30% deaf in another ear. Right. How did that come about? Were you born with that or was that something triggered? I was stress? born with it. My grandma had hearing problems too. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I was with her. So they didn't diagnose me until the end of first grade. So I redid first grade because the whole year I pretty much did not know what was going on. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in the class with all this stuff. I needed specialized hearing aids and Stuff like and they that. didn't know you needed that? They didn't know. When mm-hmm. my grandma found out, that's when my mom did get it handled for me or whatnot. But as far as the appointments and getting everything taken care of and can tell you what what's going on, my grandma would have to do that. How was that growing up with that with the, with the speech impediment? <laughs> it was hard. Uh, I'm just now comfortable speaking within the last maybe year or so. Mm-hmm. I just, it's something I can't change and I just had to accept it. You know, it makes me feel very different. But at the same time, it's me, you know. So do you, are you able to, like, because I don't know the, the the different levels of someone being deaf. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you can hear. Mm-hmm. So what's the difference between, like, do you read, can you read lips? Do you know sign language? Yes, I so think you the, know somebody I'm trying with, to talk about sign language. With every other struggle in a, in a nigga's life, we figure this shit out. <laughs> you know? We figured, I definitely am a lip reader. I, I don't do sign language. But. Listen, I was just in the Dominican Republic, and I was fucking around with a little bit of Venezuela and didn't speak English. We figured it all out real easily. There's it applications, there's pointing, drawing. Nigga, get over here. Anyway. We don't figure it out. So you can read lips, though. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm a lip reader. So let me go back to the day that your kid was burned at the daycare. So when you when that happened, so that's when it's sort of like boiling water. Things were percolating, but now shit is getting hot. It's okay, so then when the blogger, what blog was it? We can shout him out. I'm oh, fine. yeah, definitely. It's uh, Instagram underscore beauties. Oh, so it was just a random random Instagram underscore beauties. You better get your life out there. <laughs> so this person put two and two together because I remember seeing it starting to pop up. Mm-hmm. And so they put out the story. And then what happened? Literally like a wildfire, mm-hmm. like in minutes. Mm-hmm. She said, watch this. You know, after she, she messaged me and she's like, you're Jackie's daughter, right? Yep. What happened to your son? And I kind of told her what was going on. And it was on my page, period. You know, mm-hmm. like I said, it had been happening. We were at home. He's in the healing process for a month now mm-hmm. when this happened. And then she just started tagging. She put it on her page, what was going on. So everybody that followed her started going to my mom. I mean, it turned into like so, craziness. So in your book, Lights to Her Shadow, do you like talk about it in detail? So that's coming in the next book. That's in the next book. Okay. Uh-huh. So yeah. we'll get we'll get to this book. Okay. So because I want to stay here because it's getting good. All right. So. <laughs> When, when, from when the blogger broke the story to your mother picking up the phone and calling you, like, <laughs> how, what was that timeline? And I had to look back just for my own records. That, it broke in the media October 15th. He was burned on September 20th. And you hadn't talked to her from September 20th to October 15th? No, 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 no. I hadn't talked to my mom since February of 2016. My son got burned September 20th, 2016. When did you, September 20th? Uh, I still have not talked to okay. my mom. So on September 20th, from there, to, when did you tell her that your son was burned? My sister called me at the hospital. Chantel. Yeah, so okay. it was it got around the family within minutes. Okay, so Chantel called to say, how is everything? She called me in the emergency room, like as soon as I got there, um, and was able to see my son and whatnot and calm myself down. The phone rang, and it was my sister, like, what the hell is going on? And did she then tell you, Mom said, hopefully every the baby's okay? She didn't have any. I, I talked to her for a split second, and then I just dropped the phone. You know, I, just, I can't talk right now. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, don't, I don't even know what, you know. So I dropped the phone, 
but she um she never said anything about about my mom mm. you know it was just what's going on i tried to explain it to her the best i could and then i just got off the phone mm -hmm. my son was transported from that hospital to a more advanced hospital that could handle the level of his injuries mm -hmm. and i didn't talk to anyone maybe a lawyer uh, my brother was there for me and my uncle uh, a couple of my cousins but i never so did jackie ever call Jackie called the first time I spoke to my mom was December 10th of 2016. So she never sent a gift basket, a teddy bear, a flower. She didn't send a text like, ha, 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 look what happened to you, like nothing. Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't worth anything. And that's what my, that's why I, I don't think people understand the past is the past. And I'm not dwelling over that. You know, I know I was treated different and I know that my mom feels a different way about me than her other kids. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Wow. The, the new modern day stuff, that really makes me question, like, my kids haven't done anything. You know, they deserve to be loved or whatnot. So when she didn't reach out, that was that said a lot to me. So so when I was a kid, I my mother, she she raised us to about seven. I was about seven. My sister was about four. Maybe I was eight. My sister was five. But anyway, she started to use drugs and got into drugs really heavy in prostitution, and she just couldn't take care of kids. Right. So she put me in foster care, and she put my sister with her father. Mm -hmm. So I didn't go to my family. I went to foster care. So I understand the dynamic of, okay, you're going to take this one, but then you're going to give this one up. So right. I get that. And I also understand forgetting that, like, okay, that happened. Right. We adults now. We grown. Right. What, what, was, what do you think, if you had to guess, the thing was that caused the separation from you and your mom to be where it, where it was from an earlier age? Because it doesn't seem like anything happen unless does she have animosity towards your dad does she have issues with what was the issue it would have to be something like that there's not one single incident i can sit there and say you weren't burning her house up you weren't <laughs> you know stabbing her boyfriends it was i wasn't doing i was minding my business being a kid and then after a while you know i was so used to being with grandma i didn't want to go you know when she came like I was attached to my grandma to the point where I couldn't even go to daycare. You know, they wow. kicked me out of daycare because I would scream and cry until I throw up and she'd come and get me. So yeah. with all this stuff that's been happening at this point, up until this point, what age did the depression kick in? Because, you know, there's a show right now is Willow, Jada, and her, mm -hmm. her mother, her grandmother. Mm -hmm. And Willow goes red, into red table, red table Talk. And she goes into talk about how she was in a point in her life where she was in this dark hole. Right. And she started cutting herself. Mm -hmm. So... I see that you started cutting yourself. What, what age did all this start transpiring? Around 11 or 12. Wow. Yeah. That's um, even younger than Willow. Was. Yeah, it was It was bad. Like, I, I didn't want to wake up in the morning. Like, I'm not lying, you know. And when I did, I was trying to find a place to go hide. Mm -hmm. You know, I just didn't want to be seen because it just seemed like it was always going to be something. So these suicide letters, are these letters that you still have? No, I don't still have them anymore. Um and I like it would I said, have been great to publish it, <laughs> right? Um, it would have, but I I do I don't have them. I just remember the first one I wrote really in detail, you know, because it was it was really strong feelings I had. Yeah. What did what did you say? Um, the most important thing I remember about it was that I said uh, the last part is my very last breath. You know, I'm leaving it for my grandmother. Like the time I was here, you're the only part of it that I experienced and enjoyed. Wow. You know, I appreciate you for loving me. And when you wrote that, was the intention to kill yourself? Yes, it was. <laughs> I was I was done. Mm -hmm. You know, I just So what happened? What Wait, before you do that, let me Go ask ahead. a question. Did you did you did you did you know what love felt like from a parent or a parent figure as from a my kid? Grandma. Okay. Yes, from my grandma. Like mm -hmm. I even today as an adult, besides my grandmother and my own children, I can't say that anybody's ever loved or cared about Cardi. Mm -hmm. And that's just I can't accept it, you know, in a sense. Even if you do love me, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know how to feel love. Like, I guess I don't know how to get it from you because I just can't explain it. See, as a kid, I never really cared about my father loving me. But did you care about your mother loving you? I, that's all I wanted. Like, uh -huh. just I wanted her to accept me. You know, I wanted her to be able to look at me. And I didn't have to feel like she's, you know, picking me apart or like she, she's disgusted right now. Mm -hmm. You know, I just wanted to be accepted. Mm. Comfortable. And and, and so she's, I, I read in your book where you inserted one of the text messages, mm -hmm. one of the many text messages that you've had with her. And it was like, you were reaching out and reaching out and reaching out. And then she was like, just shooting you down. And it reminded me of the way me and my mother used to talk to each other. What do you think was driving her anger and hostility towards you and perception that you were trying to take advantage of her or somehow set her up to sue her or something like that? Right. Um, 
I was naive. I believed anything. So when I said, Mom, uh, you wrote Chantel's book. You put an album out for her. You're working on Lil Dougie's book, and you wrote books. I want to do something, too. I want to write a story about my life, you know. Um, do you want to help me? And you seen the response. It was, mm-hmm. oh, that's extortion, and why do you want to slander the people that love you? And that's, the fear is this book. Mm-hmm. I don't know that story. I'm telling you right now, I don't know. And so what's that book? This is Game Crazy, and it's by my brother Tyrone. That's my uh, from my dad's side, uh, his oldest son wrote the story about his life and he was there before I was, you know, um, and how my, what my dad went through, how he got into the business once him and my mom met, how their business flourished and what all, what all happened is right there. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know that story though. I wouldn't have put it in my book. So your baby's burned on the 20th of September. You're, you don't hear from Jackie until December. Mm-hmm. So between there, shit's, just on fire. The internet is going Hollywood unlocked by this time. It's posting where everybody's posting it by this point. What, um, from there, when did you start? Did you just say, I'm going to take my voice back and start being vocal on social media? Or did you reach out to the show and say, I want to be in the show or did the show reach out to you? No. And, um, because some people would say what I've seen online or from her, you're just using this opportunity to be famous or to have a platform (laughs) or to whatever. Um, what do you say to that? Before that day when that stuff went viral, even when my son was burned, you know, it was a level of acceptance, and that's one situation. This is another. This one I'm living in. I got to take care of me and my kids. I'm going to focus on this. I wasn't worried or concerned. Like, I had a job. I was living my life. You know, my life is never, I'm not into material things. I'm different, and I get that, and that may be a little disconnect with me and my mom, too, but that's not my goal, you know. I literally was thrown into all this. And did the show reach out to you? Never. So how did you get into the show? So when my book got on the show, Evelyn Lazada, after she donated the money, she did it the same day or within a day or so. On the GoFundMe account. Right. right. Mm-hmm. I, I messaged, and I was thanking everyone for mm-hmm. their donations. Or when I went to her Instagram, I sent her a message thanking her, letting her know I appreciate it. You didn't reach out to her? To Evelyn? Evelyn. On Instagram. I just left, wrote no, a message. Meaning you didn't reach out to her and say, please donate to my GoFundMe. Oh, phone. no. I didn't reach to nobody. She did that on one her own. Person. Exactly. How much did she donate? 3500 Okay. Believe. That's nice. Um, she, I sent a message the day she sent the money. She didn't get it maybe three months later or something. Okay, when yeah. she finally responded. Okay. And she's like, oh, I just got this or whatever. And, you know, you're welcome and, you know, whatnot. I've never spoken to Evelyn on the phone. When they reached out or when the show wanted something from me, they would use Evelyn. Mm-hmm. Um, get see if she'll give you the manuscript to her book or whatnot. And I'm okay with that. I'm about to give it to the world. You know, I'm mm-hmm. not trying to single out Jackie or, you know, have you have ammunition on my mom. Because mm-hmm. that's not what my book is about. You know, the whole situation, though, when they come at you at, why did you don- donate $3,500? Like, you're wrong for doing that? Well, you could say, wow. well, apparently it was needed. You know, here's the story right here. Mm-hmm. That's one of the main reasons I wanted my book out too, you know. Did, did you feel like when the blogs picked it up and when Evelyn helped catapult your story a little bit more into the public eye that it was like finally you had somebody championing you? Like you finally had somebody, yeah. finally you had somebody and you had your back. That was close I to told her that too. And yeah. I was like, Evelyn, I appreciate, you know, you throwing yourself in the fire like that. That that means a lot that. for me. Yeah, yeah. You she know? definitely didn't have to do that. Right, definitely. And and even with all the backlash from my mom saying the bad stuff to other people, like, oh, you were just inserting yourself. I wanted to make sure she knew me and my family were appreciative besides what, you know, they're not speaking for us. Mm-hmm. We appreciate what you did. Thank you very much. That was my goal. And that's how I communicate with them. Mm-hmm. It's not like, hey, girl, what's up? What is Jackie doing today? Like, tell me, you know, we don't communicate like that. She's a very supportive type of person. Mm. Yeah. So what are your what are your aspects on life now? Like, what's your outlook on life now? Like, you've, you've been through this emotional roller coaster. You've been up and down, highs and lows. You've been through the dark now. What, where Where's your mindset now? Living my best life. I just want to be happy. And um, nobody's going to provide that for me. Uh, I don't need certain relationships to do that. My kids and I are building wonderful relationships and and that's what i want you know do you feel like the relationship with you and your mother is what makes you and your children so close yes that's all i think about um when i speak to my children i just want to make sure like if i'm upset with you i'm going to explain myself like i don't want you to question your mother's love ever mm. like i would never want my kid to you question know no i'm not even mad at you know like i'm disappointed or something but this is why and and this helped them they're very mature because of it but they're also boys Mm. So I'm considering their feelings, like, 
everything I do. This is a man one day. Yep. I want to be careful with him, yep. you know. So that's mm-hmm. how I, I do my parenting with my kids. Well, like I was saying, I was laying in bed watching Basketball Wives this season. And here, you know, now Chantel went up to speak to Evelyn mm-hmm. to try to get those two to talk again. And it looks like your mom is still mad that she helped you. And here you are back in the storyline. So um, I have two questions. One, why do you think your mother is holding on to the anger towards Evelyn for helping you? And two, what stops you from saying, you know what, bitch, fuck that. I'm going to take control because <laughs> fuck that. I'm right. going to take control and I'm going to be out in this motherfucker. I'm going to be on Sunset Boulevard every motherfucking day with banners, <laughs> with my three kids sitting on uh, fucking uh, lawn chairs right. and an ice box and a lemonade stand saying, my mom won't help me, so help us pay our rent. Buy some yeah. motherfucking lemonade. Because honestly, like, I Listen. act out when I get betrayed. And, <laughs> that was me before. And mama, and, you know, and I will say, you know, and if Jackie was in the room, and I'm sure I'm going to get a call, and I'm sure she'll be up here, <laughs> that... I handled my relationship with my mother very differently. Mm -hmm. She was all types of bitches. She was all types of go fuck yourselves. (laughs) It wasn't until she got sick that I realized I had to forgive her because that was for me. I had to let that go. Um, That, you know, I I made sure that, and I intentionally made sure that she suffered. Right. uh, Because Mm. because being... She made you suffer. Yeah, yeah, being Mm. rejected. Right. When you're young, you grow up with psychological fuckery from not understanding why your ass is supposed to love me. Now, right. all these other motherfuckers, they, they, they ain't got to love me, but you're you. supposed to. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. So so the first question is, is I forgot the first question. I just want to get to the second question. What prevents you from saying, no, why do you think your uh, your mom's, it's back in the story, like why is she still holding on to resentment with Evelyn? And then the second question is, what's preventing you from just going postal? Definitely. Um, the storyline is now what basketball wives is using to keep attention. Not a lot of people care about who Evelyn slept with anymore. You know, they've got on, they know that. Uh, what else is Tammy? She's there, but she doesn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so much going They only can fall back on this because it's real. Mm-hmm. It's the only real issue that they have going on on this show. Mm-hmm. Now what they're doing, though, is turning it in for entertainment, and that's where my problem comes in. You know, I'm not, I didn't come out trying to say, I'm writing a book, and I'm all about my mom. Like I said, I was pushed out here, and I had no choice besides to get my side out. Because they're on TV talking about me, you know, before I could... They have a platform you didn't. Right. Mm -hmm. So I I did what I had to do to make that happen. Um, I can't tell you why she would still have a problem with Evelyn. No, why does she have a problem with the fact that Evelyn helped you? Because it brought to light everything I said. Everything I said. Because you were a secret until then. Of course. Okay, And your story and your history was a secret. And it, it highlighted the fact that she did not reach out like it's why why wouldn't you reach out for your grandchild even a phone call like the money's not the problem it was a way to get money and we figured that out so you know? i talked to laura govan the, the yesterday because she was supposed to be the co-host today she didn't make it but she because uh, melissa's out of town but she was saying she didn't want to come unless you were okay with her being here and i don't know the whole history what was laura's role in it because she had brought did she bring the story out or how she, did that she spoke to my sister okay. on season two or something. okay right and, and that's when her and jackie fell out right because of that but they took that opportunity, and I'm not going to say that uh, Laura was weaker than Evelyn or anything, but they pretty much attacked her, mm-hmm. and she was like, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and she let it go, which is understandable. I would, too, if I'm trying to do something for somebody and it causes me harm, mm-hmm. you know, makes sense. Um, so I just, I think she just was like, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. It's, it amazes me that my mom can say something and it just becomes apparent, like, mm-hmm. um she, she gave that money to, Evelyn gave that money to go for me, to embarrass me, mm-hmm. or, you know, to get in my family's problem. And that's all people think about now. Because know? she doesn't see it as you really needed the support. Exactly. When when Laura went on that show, she attacked her, why would you call my kids and use my kids against me? And she played the victim role, and everybody kind of looked at Laura like, So when you, you when that? you were watching the show, what was your reaction to it? I was shocked. My sister actually lived in the same apartment as me. Like, we lived a building away mm. when she did that interview. And I didn't know. She didn't tell me until it aired. And she's like, Kari, tonight something's going to come on TV. I was shocked. I, I was happy because, you know, it's the truth. And if anybody tells the truth, it's going to sound just like that. But most of the time, they don't tell the truth. You know, they go and say what they want to say. And so when you were watching it, again, now my second question is, what prevented you from just buying, <laughs> buying you a nice little camera and a, and a, and a light and just going and just doing a bitch, right. you tried it yeah. blog every day. <laughs> bitch, you tried it. Bitch, you tried it. Bitch, you tried it. Mm-hmm. What, what prevent? Because I, 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 
I think I might start a bitch you try to blow. I just thought of that. <laughs> right? What, what, why didn't, what, what prevented you from doing that? I'm not angry at Jackie. I'm not. Like, I was just about to ask you that. I'm not angry at Jackie. I don't, it, what good would it do me to be mad at you? I'm 28 years old now. Okay? You don't call her mom? Sometimes, mm. <laughs> depending on how fast I'm talking, <laughs> you know, mm. if, if it come out, then it comes out. But sometimes, you know, it's just more comfortable to me to call it Jackie, Jackie. you know. So, but but do you think what, so you you didn't do it because you're not mad, but I, I would go ahead and say that, that, I mean, it's a reflection of your character too, because if you really were a cold, mean person, and I wasn't even a cold, mean person, I was just hurt. Hurt, right. Listen, I... And then delete real quick, <laughs> you know, because I get ready, especially when I watch that show. I'd be like, oh, no, no, no. But I Yeah, know I watched you on your live, and I, I was going to send you some pointers on, no, this is how you react when you're mad. Right. <laughs> because, you know, as much as people will say, because this is what used to bother me, people used to say, you know what, Jason? My, my, my brother who's dead now, in fact, his birthday's today. Oh. Um, what he used to say to me was, you know, no matter what your mom did to you, that's still your mother. Or... No matter yeah. what your mom did to you, you only got one of them. That one right there. But you know what? <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't make it easy to deal with. I don't understand what people say. What did that mean? Yeah. Like I said, I had a mother, but it was not the mother that birthed mm -hmm. me. You know, my the motherly mother. instincts and stuff that I have, I try to make my kids feel how my grandmother made me feel. Yeah. Like those are my goals. You know, I don't get what you only get one. I had one. You even went in on your book where you said your mom capitalized off your grandmother's death and actually kept her from the rest of the family and used it for a storyline. My grandmother escaped my mother while she I mean, was I mean, can I just say, I'll just be honest, for the for the viewing audience, because I'm going to read the fucking book. <laughs> for the viewing audience, I didn't get it until late last night, and I right. and I just got back from Canada, so I didn't have enough time to read it, because it's like 300-something pages. You yeah. wrote your ass off. <laughs> but I am going to get into it. But you started the first couple pages. You started off pretty hard with the some allegations and some, some, some stuff about, you know, how your mom um, isolated your grandmother and you can explain what you said yeah definitely uh, my grandmother you guys saw the season where she was supposed to be on there um my mom was not involved with my grandma's illness she lived in her house and my grandma felt like my mom was avoiding her yeah and in, yeah. in the episode my grandma's not even awake she was on so much um morphine and all that stuff at the time they're mm -hmm. holding her up my aunt and my brother's awake and alive but grandma's just you know it really was sickening we, it didn't air until after Grandma passed, so it was really hard to watch that, you know. So, so, so she was acting your grandmother's health condition for TV. That's it. We they called us and said Grandma's not gonna make it probably through the night. She's in the hospital. We were all, we live in Washington. That's where the family died. She was in a coma. She was. I don't know what would, they were just saying. She had cancer, so they were. So they were keeping her alive for the family to get there. That's what they were telling us. So okay. we all it's three o'clock in the morning. We hop in cars. Everybody's flying down there. At the time, I'm on the internet, so I'm posting on my Twitter what, what's going on. So my mom's like, don't drive, cry, I'll fly you down there. You know, because she's trying hard. To, she wants me to stop talking mm -hmm. in the media at this point. Um, I flew down here. I was here for maybe two days. My mom never showed up. Like, she was filming her bachelorette party. You guys seen on that episode. I, I, I was there, I think. I, I mean, I've been there. Okay. That bad, yeah. That bachelorette party, grandma was at the hospital. The whole family was down here, and we were in the hospital. We were camped out. Blanket, kid, we took over the waiting so area. So why didn't she come and film that? Because it wasn't, I don't know. I, you'd have to ask her and her producers because they used what they wanted to. Mm -hmm. um, then when she, uh, my grandma waited, she had asked, when they told my grandma this trip, this is it, you know, you're probably not going to make it much longer. Leaving that hospital is, I want to go home. And home is Washington for us. Mm -hmm. uh, my mom, no. And the whole family was there at this time, right? Um my mom says no, walks away. She comes back, and now the family's like, well, she's saying she wants to go home. My mom threw a fit, kicked everybody out of her house in the middle of the night. They all, like, we just came down here to see Grandma. There's no hotels and stuff, so they came back home. Okay. Um, it was crazy. She called me, and she's like, all this stuff is going on. Maybe a month later, my other cousin's down there. My grandma said, is your mom here? She had left to go do her filming, and my grandma said, pack my shit, just like that my oxygen tank, and a couple outfits. Put it in my truck. Mind you, Doug helped them pack the car. Doug seemed, I mean, Doug. and this isn't any shade towards your mom, but Doug seems like a really nice person. Yeah. Doug is a good person. Does he, did, you, did he ever try to defend you or ever try to tell her, like, hey, like, you need to reach out? No, and, and I brought this issue to my mom 
clear a bunch of times. There were discussions within the family. You know, they would sometimes turn heated, whatever, but we spoke about this. And she would call Doug in, you know, and sometimes I'd say, this is not me and Doug's issue, it's just me and you, you know, and his point was, you're a great mom. You know, he'd always supported his wife, which is fine. Mm -hmm. I don't care. Because he loves her. Right, right, but that's not your mom. That's your wife. Right. You can't tell me how I feel about my mother, Mm -hmm. you know, so I'd always tell her there's no need to drag him into it, and she would always. Did Jackie make it to your, did your grandmother pass? Yeah, she did did end up passing away about a month after she made it up here, up to Washington. Did Jackie make it to the funeral? She came two days before. She was mad. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that. She was mad. And the way that my grandma's funeral and stuff was handled, you can tell she was mad at my grandma. She was mad at your grandmother. She was very upset oh. at my grandmother. Wait, so she was mad at your grandmother for what? For leaving. My grandma left. She mm-hmm. dipped. She had been there for since I was nine, like mm-hmm. I said, and we had been there. She she kept the household, uh, you know, she's the cooker the, until she got sick and couldn't move no more, you know. And so when you say you could tell by the funeral that she was mad, what do you mean? <laughs> we, um... She sent the money up to the funeral home, told us to go get everything set up. We went. They had like a pine box ready and some like some little stuff they had gathered. Maybe I don't know, a couple hundred dollar funeral, what they, they were telling us. And we're wow. looking like, wait a minute. You know, we've buried our aunts and it was luxury type stuff. It doesn't gotta be that, but we're not putting our grandma. Like we're not the matriarch of our family. We're not gonna disrespect her like that. We start on Twitter, we're all of us, all her her grandkids. You know, my grandma's kids, they do their own thing. Her grandkids, though, we got common sense, and we knew we was not going to let our grandma go out like that. She had a best friend, and her best friend paid for my grandma to have a decent uh, coffin. Jackie's best friend? No, my grandmother's Your grandmother's best friend, okay. Mm-hmm. And her name is Alfreda, and she was up there. She Alfreda. came, my grandma went under the uh, morphine maybe three days before she passed mm-hmm. away. And so people would come in from far and near to try to visit and say bye. And when she did pass, like I said, we started trying to figure that stuff out, and we're looking like so, we called her. So do you? So you felt like Jackie was retaliating against your grandmother in how that she was going to let her. She wouldn't let her talk to my brother, and my grandma raised like how she did me. Mm-hmm. I was there, you know. Me and my grandmother raised Douglas from the hospital. He came from the hospital to our room. You know, mm-hmm. he never spent a night with my mom. Like she never had to do that. We did that. So what do you think are one of the mis? the biggest misperceptions of Jackie, good or bad, that the public has? And what do you think one of the biggest misconceptions of you that the public has? Definitely. Uh, My mom is just not, she wants to be real, but she can't accept who she is. And and the past is the past. It it made you who you are. So she wants to be real, but she can't accept reality. She can't. And and if the reality was to come out, she's going to deny it. You know, and that's why she was upset about my book. Does she deny it in the sense that... um, because using the parallel again, I remember my mother struggling from, she had good years when, when I was a kid, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Santa Claus would come to the house, right. gifts would be provided. Then when she got into drugs, Santa Claus would come to the house, but then the gifts would be sold. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and so she used to always say to me, even up to when she died, you know I was a good mom. And I had to, you know, once I had forgiven her and I had let the anger go. You saw go, that she was. I said, you were a good mother, mm-hmm. and then you were not. Right. That's your story. Yeah. So you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of stuff she was saying and the forgiveness she was she was asking for as she was dying, I just had to give her that because she was dying and I knew she was dying. I was not gonna sit there and stand over her bed and say, You're an evil bitch, blah, blah. Right. I mean, I literally did forgive her by then. Right. But do you do you feel like your mother is in denial that she was not a good mother to you? Yeah, I think she's in denial. And I, I don't say that you're not a good mother because that's you're the mother to the ability that you were able to be it. Like my mom, she's not she's not out there in the clubs and partying. And I seen my cousins deal with Wait, that. Wait, say that again. What? Your mother was a good mother. What? She was a good mom. You know, to I her ability. To her ability. Best ability so when did you learn that? Because I didn't learn that till my mom died. I then like you said. Why do I not go crazy? Because in my mind, maybe she's hurting. Like I don't want to hurt somebody. Like I don't want nobody to feel pain just from the pain I felt. Like don't. Oh, feel pain. How old are you? Twenty eight. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> was your grandmother a great mom to Jackie? Grandma kind of like had a checkered past, you know, um, they was growing up in the 70s and all that stuff. She had her, her issues and stuff. You know, they went through the system. What I've heard is my mom had always been different, you know, the different child. But, mm-hmm. I, but I, I'll play, let me play the other side of that. My mother grew up sexually abused by her father and physically abused by her mother. Jesus. But she chose to be a good mother to one child. Right. You can't, if, if you just don't know how to love. You don't know. have babies. It's just a thing. That's that just, where I come in with 
okay, it's just me. Like, I'm, there's something about me that's not for you. So do you have the closure yet that you need to understand what, do you do you need the closure for why you were treated differently than Chantel? No, because I, I've accepted it. And for a long time, I let her tell me I was crazy and thought maybe I am crazy, you know, maybe I am just making something. I know I'm not crazy, you know, and, and I've accepted it. It is what it is. She never has to admit it. She don't ever have to speak to me, you know. I'm good. I don't have any anger. I'm not mad. And this situation is what it is more for her than it is for me. I think one thing that you said, Sarju, I think one thing that you said that's powerful that I hope hopefully people are listening that you said, um, because my mother used to say what you just said. She used to always say, I'm doing the best that I can. And as a 10-year-old in a group home, you don't understand what that means. Right. But later on, as I developed, I said, oh, when a person says I'm doing the best that I can, they're telling you my limitation is this. This right. is all I can do. Right. But I didn't realize that until 35. How did, when, did you re- when did you come to terms with that? When my son got hurt and, and she didn't reach out, mm. that was a hard time because, like, uh, I needed her. Mm. Like, I'm not going to. I needed my mom. You know, I've never felt that I needed somebody. You know, I felt like I'm about to go crazy. I cannot believe this really happened. You know, every time I think about it, just the emotional roller coaster I was on. Just a car, you're going to be okay. Would have meant the world to me, you know? Mm-hmm. But it was it just, I wasn't worth that. And it just, that's what sticks in my mind, you know? But so, you were worth it, but to the perception to you was to her, you weren't worth it. I'm not worth it. I mean, yeah. I'm not worth it. My son getting hurt, going through the pain he went through wasn't enough for her. And then the fact that as his mother, the pain I was going through, wasn't enough. That's where I'm at with it, you know. When I was growing up, I was a fat girl. I was the black girl. I was, okay, I, I, that was that. I will never be that again. Like, you can't, if you say that to me now as an adult, I'm grown. So mm-hmm. I'm going to take it as an adult, you know. Yeah, they say it to We're me not, on my Instagram. Right. I'm like, I'm thick. <laughs> I'm just not even going to go, you know. It's a matter of keeping the issue where the issue's at. And the issue with us now is how do you really feel? Yeah, mm. what were you going to say? No, I was going to say that that took, when you you already answered the question, I forgot what I was going to say, but you already answered the question as far as like, sometimes I think it's pride as well. I mean, mm-hmm. somebody can always know when they're wrong, and I, I do I do it with my daughter all the time. I have a fit to your daughter, and I know it's times where I might grill her or right. say something I feel like I shouldn't say right. just in the heat of the moment, but my pride sometimes won't even allow me to say, I'm sorry. I have those moments, but I refuse. Mm-hmm. I'm just not going to let them think, you know, if I feel bad about it, I'm going to say something. You know, mm-hmm. if I do something and it makes me feel bad after afterward, you know, I'm going to so say something. So if your mother called you up tonight mm-hmm. and said, Takari, I'm so sorry. I love you. I apologize for everything that I've put you through. Can we start over? Can you see yourself having an applicable mother-daughter relationship with her, like, clean slate? I'm going to be the realest person I am. And I'm going to be the same person I am with everybody. So, yes. Now, whether that would be real at this point for my mother, I don't know. Uh, I would question it. I would. Mm-hmm. But, yes, Jackie has a daughter over here and grandkids that are more than willing to have her in our life. We're not we're not on whatever it is, you know. Um, she said my book was a book of lies and stuff like that. I think she was in fear of what was going to be in the book. Oh, absolutely. What's the... What's the, um, what's the um, the question I asked you, what's the perception of you that people have that may not be accurate? That one that I'm still stuck in, you know, just get over it. I've, I'm over it. Like, this is new to you guys. You know, it's just coming about. I've lived this for 28 years. I'm in a level of acceptance you guys cannot even understand, okay? Mm-hmm. I don't live every day thinking like, man, I wish Jackie would call me or, you know, I'm. what do I got to do? I got cook. I got kids. I got, you know, stuff I got to do. I'm living my life, so... Mm-hmm. That um, people are like, oh, you need to go get a job, and I would. I have always worked and take care of myself and my children. My mom has not financially supported me at all, and I don't know why. You know, she says those things or whatnot, but whatever, she does. That's not true. Mm-hmm. I take care of my family on my own. Me and the fa- the father take care of our kids. Mm-hmm. There's no one else supplying our. Home uh, you have three boys. Is it the same father for all three? All four of my kids. Have all four of your kids. Okay, so let me. Well, let me say this to you. You know. Fuck what people say. I mean, at the end of the day, you live your one life the best way you can. Yeah. I mean, I I gave my mother peace when she left because I needed that for myself. Right, right. But I don't have a relationship with my father, and I'm not. <laughs> and I know he's. I think he's seventy. You know, and I'm not. 
I'm not pressed because right. I got real shit I got to deal with every day. So I would say that, you know, just my own advice to you is that you can find healing and comfort in your own journey without all the external acceptance exactly. of your past from everybody, the public, your mom. Because yeah. all of that don't mean anything when your rent is due and all that don't mean anything when your kids need to eat. Let me tell you something. That's all I'm, that's my focus, you know. Um, with the show coming on this year, I think that's their focus, you know. We got to eat what they want to hear or what we think is is populating our show right now is this situation. Oh, wait. One more thing advice, though. Stop letting them tell your story on that show. Get on the show. And Wait, hold on. And I'm not even saying <laughs> I'm not even saying for fame. Don't not get on the show because of what you think it'll right. look like. Right. If my name is, if they talk about me on Love & Hip Hop, one episode, bitch, bring the cameras. Or that's, But that's a good producer. Your, she know what she's doing. She's not going to tell one side of the story to her fan and not get you on there. Like, I, I see all them shows. I watch MTV and stuff. Look, let me say this. Shawnee O'Neal and Jackie Christie, don't do another episode or another season of this show without letting her come on and tell a story because, I, you know, the thing about reality TV, and this is why I left that show and went to Wild and Out, because reality means we going to really sit in the room and we going to really give it to you. Exactly. And I feel like, and I love Jackie to death. And I, Jackie, this is not personal. You know, I'm going to call you after the show and say, by the way, heads up to Cardi's going to be on the show. But I want to see her vulnerable. I want to see her accepting the truth as hard as it's going to be. Not from a cast member that she can say, you don't right. know me. From right. a person she created. Right. That's reality TV. That's going to make me fall in love with Jackie if she can actually. I mean, I'm in love with Jackie. But, and, you know, <laughs> fall in love with Jackie on the show if I could see the vulnerable side of her right. dealing with you. So I'm I, telling you, you need to fight, be, be your own best advocate. And don't hide in the shadow and say, oh, I can't do that because it's going to make me look. No. No. You're I, I'm making it known that I will I will go on there and speak to my mother. And they've reached out this year. Not they. Evelyn reached out. You got Shawnee's number? I don't have Shawnee's I'll number. give it to you. And here's what you do. You have a book release party and you tell them, come shoot. You want your mother at the book release party. And you invite the show to come cover that. I like that. And listen, I, my better judgment kicked in. I'm not going to give you a number out, Shawnee, but I am going to text you. Because we need to hear the full story. And, you know, like I told you at the break, Shed Media is her partner. They can, you can figure this out. But but you were telling me some at break. What were you saying? Definitely. So I have an attempt to try to get, you know, my side of the story on the show. Um, I've, I've had them reach out or Evelyn reach out for um, records for the GoFundMe account. Okay. Somewhere down the line on the show, I think they're still talking about it. Okay. And she's confronted about it. So she's like, I need to know what day. You started it, and what day I actually donated. Okay. Evelyn, I'll gladly bring those records to you, but I will bring them to you. I'm not sending anything yeah. else, you know, because I can't keep arguing through other people. Right. You know, this is my son's GoFundMe. This is our situation. I can tell you guys everything. Man, and this is your know. life. Right. Mm -hmm. So she said, I'm going to uh, hit up the producers, and I'll see what I can do. And I never heard nothing back. Mm. And so you were saying at break that, when I said you should get on the show and tell your story, you said you, that you were told what? Um, first, I was told that my mom my mom would not shoot with me. Then I was told that she would leave the show if I shot anything. And this is coming from where? I, the only person I've spoken with was Evelyn. So, you know, if I find something out or if I'm trying to get information, Evelyn, I want to get on the show or, you know, well, your mom said you can't shoot. Have you talked to Shani? I've never spoken to Shawnee, not. And I don't speak to Evelyn on the phone. It's through messages, you know. It's mm -hmm. all in my DMs. So, mm -hmm. Paper trail. Um, yeah. So, uh, Shawnee, nobody else has ever reached, reached out. Mm -hmm. Just Evelyn. Mm -hmm. Have you ever talked to, is Tammy and your mom, do they get along on the show? I can't I remember. Think so. I'm not sure. Tammy's had a lot to say about, like, the incident or the situation on in her own interviews and whatnot, which is not fair. What's her take on it? They thought I was scamming people. Mm -hmm. With the whole GoFundMe thing, mm -hmm. and that's pretty much what she said. You know, from what I know, it wasn't needed, mm -hmm. and I don't know what she knows because my family started that GoFundMe page, mm -hmm. meaning they are aware of the situation. If they thought, oh, her mom is gonna help, but there's no need, you know, mm -hmm. this is the outside people that took care of that. It's it's known by everybody. Mm -hmm. And so they were saying you were scamming because what? I, I mean, mean, you have proof that your son was burned, like it's physical proof. Yes. Mm -hmm. So she just said I did this. My mom's on TMZ. The first thing I heard my mom say about this is on TMZ. After that went viral, mm -hmm. the next day they caught her on walking at it somewhere. And she's like, if my daughter wanted some money, she, she could have just called. I, I sent that. her enough money where she should have been able to pay those bills is what she said. Was that true? That's not true. And it was like a big slap in the face, you know, like, for one, why am I hearing your first response to your grandson's 
being burned on TMZ. Was that the first response? That's the first thing I ever heard about my mom's feelings toward this situation. Wow. Like nobody else could tell. I talked to your mom and she said, you know, nothing. That was the first thing I heard. Mm. Okay, so your your book, Lights to Her Shadow, why why did you feel the need to write that book? And what are what are one of the revelations that will be shocking in the book that you should tell people? <laughs> one spoiler alert. Oh, good. That's a good question. But the reason to write the book was like I said, I had to tell I have to tell my story. My story is bigger than just my mother, the reality TV show that people see. You know, I am a person too. I have a history and a life, you know. And I wasn't writing a book about my mom or her secrets and whatever, you know. I don't know that life. And I think that's what propelled her for her anger towards me. And that's what you guys are seeing now. Mm-hmm. She was nervous. If she would have waited till the book came out, we probably wouldn't be this far into this. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. The thought of a book, she's writing a book, everything's about to come out and it's going to be. I was confused at how Chantel going over to build a bridge between Evelyn and your mom made your mom believe that she was now taking Chantel over to the other side. What? what where did? The, how do you think she came to that that perception? Just the way her mind works. Mm-hmm. Uh, she told my grandma I was building a cult <laughs> of people against her. <laughs> so that's just the way her mind works. Are you addressing your mother as mom or Jackie or somebody else? Because I'm sure she didn't give you the legal right to use her name. Well, she can use her name. She's, yeah. a, public, she's a public figure. She's a public figure. Oh, okay, because when my daughter's mother wrote a book about me, she definitely didn't use my name. Oh, I, I, listen, when I wrote it, I told everybody, don't put her name. I, everybody know who my mom is. Got Just you. Mom. So, so you don't say Jackie Christian. No, and then most of the people in the book, I didn't put their full names on. Um, like, you know, my sister's name is like Shani or Shan or something. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. put Chantel, you yeah. know. Oh, so to put a person's full, because I'm getting ready to start writing. My name book. was Gabby <laughs> in my daughter's mother's book. Okay. Yeah. So did, would she have to get your permission to use your name? I think so. Because I'm gonna put everybody's name in my <laughs> shit. Fuck them. Sue me. That's good promo. Shit. Yeah. Okay. Well, because I'm thinking of Superhead when she was talking about all the dick she was sucking. That's she, what I always think back to. Like, but, but did she say exactly? Yeah, she said it. Ray that's J was crying was, in the bed. She said all kinds of that's shit. That's why she faced a lot of lawsuits. Fonsworth <laughs> Bentley was in bed with Diddy. I mean, not that that was true. What up, Fonsworth? Oh. <laughs> I'm just saying because that's the homie. It I was all going I don't down. know. Okay, so now. Where do you go from here? So you, you're, you're at peace for the most part of everything that happened. Now that you've told your story, you referenced earlier that there's going to be a second book. What's the next book going to reveal that the first book doesn't? Definitely. The first book is going up to right before my, my epiphany in life, you know, and just understanding what I was going through. This next book is going to be about pretty much behind the season, the season of uh, Last Basketball Wife. All mm-hmm. you guys seen what what my stand was, you know, how I'm being approached, what I was going through, you know, all of what was really happening. Because you guys seen what was filmed and put on TV and what was said and whatnot, but there's a backstory, a whole story to it. So I recently interviewed Khalees, and she shared with me that Nas used to beat her and that she was allegedly. a victim of, well, this was her words, allegedly beat her. She was a victim of domestic violence. And I asked her, um, what made you decide to get your voice back? today and she said i've lived in nine years in silence Mm. or edited and today i said not today so what motivated you to get your voice and say you know what this is it i'm gonna now speak my piece definitely i realized you are you're standing on your own two feet your kids are gonna watch how you react to this situation you know i teach my kids you stand up for yourself i don't care who it is stand up for yourself my mom is discrediting me and saying things about me that is not she's just talking my grandson got burned. I have a daughter named Takari. You know, okay, there's nothing I can say. But when you're putting lies out there, trying to make an image of me of a certain way, I don't have an, a choice besides to speak up. Definitely. If I don't want to be those things, and mm-hmm. I'm not those things, so I want to speak up. So to young girls or boys who may be listening who have had the same experience where maybe if a parent has discarded them or hasn't given them the love and affection or acknowledgement that they even exist or that their story exists, what do you say to them? To find their to help them find their courage. Be better, never better. Be better. Be better than what they think you are. Better than even what you think you can do. Just be better. Being better is gonna hold you back and make you exactly what they think. Wow, you are. Mm. that's that's something I need. Wait, to say live your by line. Myself. Just go on and say your line. That was deep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to live because I, I know you want. That's his line. I knew you wanted to say it, but it was deep. That was yeah. deep. be better, not bitter. Yeah. Wow. Please. And I, and I would piggyback on that and saying if you are bitter. 
give your give yourself some time to be bitter because you know it's okay to be bitter. It is okay to be bitter. Just don't let it take over your life. Now that part, you know, live because you, and when you when you do decide, okay, I am over this. You know, you don't want your life to be gone. You want something to enjoy. Amen. Do you regret anything? I don't regret anything. Listen, it's all life, and it all made me who I am today. Anything mm. I can say I've been through, I'm sitting right here, so I went through it. You know, I'm I'm good. Do you find yourself a better parent in spite of how you were parented? Of course. I definitely do. I'm hands-on little every minute I'm with my kids. You know, my kids can hug me. They can touch me. They can talk to me. Mm. I didn't have that with my mother, but with my grandmother, I would, you know, any normal situation. Well, I would say to uh, to everybody listening, and you too, Jackie, uh, the one thing Khalees said in our interview that was really powerful, and I mean, people have talked about this interview and her story, and I've seen the different sides of it all, is that, um, no, no, matter of fact, it wasn't Khalees. I'm sorry. It was Jennifer Lewis. We had Jennifer Lewis here who was talking about depression, and she said, everybody who has a story, tell your story. Yes. And to just keep telling your story and tell everybody. And, um, you know, the thing about your truth is that only you own it, so yes. don't let nobody take it from you. Yes. Okay, so the book is called Lights to Her Shadow, and when is it out? That book is out. That book is out. You can get it now. Okay. Uh, yeah. Stanton Publishing House, Angela Stanton. I love her. I saw she wrote the foreword. Yes, she came in and she helped me because she believed in me. You know, mm-hmm. she didn't want anything from me. She just wanted to help me get this story out. Nice. And that's all she's done in the whole time I've known her. So Where can I get the book? You can get it on Amazon, my website, takarilee.com. I believe you can go in Barnes & Noble. They will do a print-on-demand order for you. Mm. Okay. Through print on demand. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen. Well, congratulations on having the courage to tell your story and for being, um, you know, a good parent to your yeah, kids. You have beautiful children, by the way. Thank that you. little nugget out there. <laughs> I know people didn't listen. We were at a break, but I heard a baby yelling. Who the fuck brought a baby to the goddamn studio? <laughs> Sorry, it was your kid. No, just in the gold everywhere. She <laughs> she has to. She didn't been everywhere with me. No, but thank you for coming on and telling your story. Yes. And you know, I am going to reach out to Jackie to say, hey. Heads up on Wednesday. Well, tell her I said, hey, mom. <laughs> and remember, I got to call your mom and tell her that you said hello. <laughs> I'm telling you. you know, well, let me ask you this. Um, if I was able to put together a, no, I'm not even going to say a sit down between you two. I want to see that on Basketball Wives. But I will <laughs> text Shani. I will text Shani. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you. Where, where can people follow you? They can follow me on Instagram, Takari underscore Lee. And remember, guys, be better. Not better. When does Basketball Wives um, air Mondays, right? Okay, make sure you tune into Takari's Instagram Live every Monday night after Basketball Wives. <laughs> All right, we're out. Peace. Peace.